If you've read the literal hundreds of stories that Modern Retail has published about the rise of DTC, you know that Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash modernretail, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash modern retail to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash modern retail. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie Weissman, the editor-in-chief here at Modern Retail. This week, I'm really excited. We have Scott Hockstad. He's the founder and CEO of Legends, which is a DTC premium athletic apparel brand. Um, they have some really interesting, pretty high-profile investors. I'm sure we're going to talk all about that. But I'm also just interested in the growth of this brand um, launched in 2019 and has seen a really interesting trajectory over the last few years. But we'll get into all of that soon. Scott, how are you doing? Thanks for joining. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So first, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the athletic apparel space? I got involved in the athletic apparel space um, back when I was in fifth grade. Uh, my dad <laughs> was with my dad was with Champion for 17 years, basically my youth, middle school through high school. And, and, and even before that, um, he was running the Mid-Atlantic. He was a sales rep for the for the brand as they were getting uh, started. And, you know, in the 80s, they were one of the, and early 90s, one of the hot streetwear kind of lifestyle brands. And my dad was, again, he he wasn't an owner, he was just a rep. And he kind of brought me along in summers when I was off school or, um, you know, holiday breaks, we would just cruise around and go to uh, sneaker stores in in Georgetown, the DC uh, area, all the way from to Northern Virginia, Baltimore. Uh, it, it was really a DMV um, territory. And I just kind of learned the ropes through him. And I was a, a young dyslexic ADHD kid that <laughs> so sp- uh, sports. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was great. At, I was I was I was an athlete. My dad was an athlete, an All-American lacrosse player at Maryland. And he got this job, a sales job right out of college. And, um, you know, I, I, I was an artist. Art, art came natural to me and branding and design. And I was like submitting sneaker designs and apparel designs to champion in the early days when I was a kid. And my dad would say, they, they took my designs, here's five bucks. And I would like make (laughs) money from designing. And I I don't know if it ever made it to the headquarters, but I thought I was like a designer as a kid. And it, it gave me the confidence to continue to, to build, uh, brands, products, uh, apparel all the way to now, you know, in, I'm, I guess it was, I don't even know, I don't want to date myself, but it was, it was the, it was the eighties for sure. And, um, and I was, you know, one of the top ranked lacrosse players in, in high school. And I went off to university of Maryland and got a, a graph design and art degree. And, um, you know, my dad went there, so that was cool. I ended up becoming, I was a three-time All-American lacrosse player. Uh, my teammate uh, at the time started Under Armour out of oh, wow. our, our athletic department. So it was, it was uh, Kip Falks and Kevin Plank were, you know, athletes and they were, they were like older, big, big brother types. And I just kind of saw what they did and I, and I followed their lead and they were selling t-shirts out of their, the trunk of their car, these Under Armour shirts. And we, we went cross country, Kip, 
Kip and I met in uh, Vail, Colorado, and there was a big lacrosse event, and that's where an Under Armour was born, like really seen in that 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 sports world uh, outside of football, which Kevin Plank ran. And um, yeah, so I was a freshman, I was getting my art degree, and you know, being an athlete, I I really focus on sports and art and. My senior project was a brand called Adrenaline, which was a big uh, lacrosse kind of lifestyle brand. So I graduated school. I got drafted to play in professional lacrosse and I drove cross country and brought the sport of lacrosse out west at the kind of competitive elite club event level. There was little pockets, you know, getting started out west, but I was literally on the road from you know, San Diego up to Seattle growing the sport. And I had a couple uh, shoe shoe and equipment brands paying me to kind of fly around and travel. I had $400 to my name, long, long story there, but <laughs> I ended up, um, you know, kind of building this the sport and training kids. And then next thing you know, we're selling our brand into Dick's Sporting Goods and we had 11 retail stores and, and it was, uh, we were growing the sport. So Sold that business, sold my equity in that business, um, had a couple partners that uh, still run that, the, the company, and it's a great company in, in the sport, and uh, and I started Legends. So I could I could give you a little more background on that. It's a whole other story, but that's my background leading up to this point. Wow. So from from being the child of a, a champion sales rep to being bringing lacrosse West Coast and then selling that and being like, now we're going to get into similar but different areas. So yeah, what was the idea behind Legends? How did that start? Was Did you know that you wanted to stay in apparel and yeah. just branch out beyond one specific area? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So I, I always knew that I wanted to do something bigger. You know, lacrosse was my kind of, you know, lane into getting into sports apparel and doing something I know best. Um, but over those years, it was about 13 years. I built a network of being in LA. I, you know, a network of athletes, you know, we got, I was working in entertainment and as I was in lacrosse, I was still, I was dabbling into like directing scenes, sports scenes for movies and, and commercials. So I was, I was getting to know the, the entertainment world, actors, um, artists, and, you know, I would I would live in, you know, I was involved in a, a reality TV. One of the first reality TV shows, the girl I was dating was on the hills. So I was uh, it was an MTV show. I don't so know if you, you remember wait, that. You're, you're, an, you're an early The Hills star? I was actually I held out as long as I could until the last <laughs> season. And I'm like, I got to use this as a platform to get, you know, my name out there, the brand out there, which was which was adrenaline at the time and help bring lacrosse to the mainstream. So I. I I saw what was happening and I saw how I could make an impact in, in the sports world and not just in lacrosse. So, yeah. So early, early, uh, reality show days. Did that, did that work? Did it have the impact you wanted? Worked it did. Adrenaline? It was, it was it like brought press and eyeballs to the sport. Cause I, we would, I was dating a girl and then I would bring him on a double, you know, one of my partners on a double date with her friend. And then next thing you know, lacrosse is in like people's magazine. Right. And we were like, we were we were getting mainstream press for a game that was really an East Coast sport, and I wanted to bring it to the to the masses. So I think I think it worked, and it was it was a great learning experience. Uh, we you know I broke up with the the girl, and I'm, I'm married now to to someone else. But it was uh, 
it, it was, we had some, I saw a lot, like, you know, the whole Hollywood life was, uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was cool. And I saw, I saw how fake a lot of it was like product placement. Right. And yeah. how like they would get paid the, the real, the real stars, not me would get paid to like hold a toothpaste bottle walking out of a CVS and getting paparazzi to crest paying them 10 grand to walk out of a, you know, a, a store with, with products. So I'm like, okay. I think I could figure that out. I'm I'm pretty creative. So um, I learned that. And I also, you know, there was a couple guys I was working with, some of the bigger brands. I had a non-compete in apparel for a few years and, and events, which I, I ran a lot of activations. So we I worked with a couple of the, the bigger sneaker brands to work with their athletes and, and help tell their stories and do creative for them. And then I said, you know what? It's time to really go big. We have, I have the network um, lacrosse was, was great for me because there was a lot of, um, executives was at the agencies that had kids playing lacrosse, like CAA, Wasserman, um, the guy who was head of Fox at the time, Fox, uh, Fox films, you know, I just, they, they gave me the confidence to say, Hey Scott, like, look what you did. You built this sport from scratch out West. What can you do with a brand with some people, like some real people behind you? And that's, that was, that was, we, I have about 50 of those kind of guys that really mentored me over the years. Um, some of them invested with the athletes when we first got legends off the ground, which we could get into, but, um, I'm very fortunate to, uh, to kind of get my MBA on the fly and learn business, um, being an artist and, you know, a brand builder. So what was the initial idea and value prop of legends? So we, a partner of mine, Chad Faulkner, he had a, it was called Sports Academy, a big sports science center in Thousand Oaks, uh, which Kobe came in as another partner and it was called the Mamba Sports Academy. You know, right when that moment hit, we said, all right, we have the biggest athletes in the world training with us in this spot. And I have the factories and I have the design capabilities to build products for these guys. There's there's obviously the big the big guys like Nike and Under Armour and Adidas out there, but then there's these like micro brands popping up, and then there's some established athleisure wear brands like Lululemon. You hear Viore, Roan, and I said, well, Viore is more lifestyle yoga. You know, Lulu's your wife's brand that you know makes men's products now, and they're like a, a yoga brand that's trying to get into these sports. And you know, there was. I guess one of the, it was Roan that we saw, we're like, that just looks like they're trying to make a men's version of Lulu. So there's no real sport, there's no real sportswear brand like owned by athletes, developed by athletes with like the credibility there, um, the authenticity there. So it was really behind the scenes for a couple of years, developing fabrics and fits and cuts for these guys and seeing what they liked about their streetwear brands and their athleisure brands and kind of blending the two. So we saw like Kith was a brand that we looked up to and we said, hey, they're they're really clean, elevated. You know, they have they even have legends doing, you know, um, content with them, you know, whether it was an athlete, an actor. And then we saw what, you know, what Aviori was doing and, and how they were scaling out their business. I said, let's um, let's kind of blend the two. And, you know, Lulu's got really good quality products. Let's blend the two and see see where it goes. And it connected immediately with these athletes. And they're like, I want to mess with something that I could actually be a part of, that I could own. 
Um, and they, these guys started investing, you know, so we have to, 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 to date, we have about 30 NFL, MLB and, uh, NBA guys in the cap table, uh, along with some podcast, uh, personalities, you know, there's some guy, you know, big cat from Barstool and Ryan Rosillo They're They, they bring a different look, but we've really built a lifestyle on the ground. Um, and we've, you know, you'll probably drill me with some questions about like the D to C side and the numbers. Like we really kept things tight and um, we, we protected the brand for a long time and we didn't really sell out with running too many ads. Like we were set, we were a D to C brand selling on legends.com, but we, we didn't really push the limits on what we could do. Like this is the first year we're really kind of opening it up and using our athletes to shoot our advertising and, and uh, create content that uh, connects with uh, a buyer, not just like someone who wants to like follow what we're doing from a lifestyle perspective. Got it. Got it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I have a few names down. They You have like Steve Nash is an investor. Yep. Baker Mayfield's an investor. Yep. Quavo's, Quavo's an investor. Quavo, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah awesome. so, I mean, Quavo <laughs> was really like, I wanted to find a guy and Chip, Chip Neff, who from the Neff brand, he's one of our kind of early founding partners, you know, he said, like, we, we built this Neff brand, but the cool factor always came from like an artist on the lifestyle side. The athlete was just like bringing credibility. So I, I led with Quavo. Steve Nash was just like a entrepreneur, business guy, creative legend in sports. But he's like, Scott, I'm not the guy that's going to be the face of this thing. You know, like I, I'm not cool like the younger NBA guys. So Baker Mayfield at the time was the number one draft pick in the NFL, won the Heisman, and and Quavo was at the top of the rap game, you know, and still is a very relevant figure in in hip hop. So Quavo and I got together and said, let's a way I've gotten in with these guys. Every one of these guys has a community initiative, and whether it's charity, give back, um, helping with kids. So Quavo wanted to start his AAU programs program in North Atlanta um, out of his high school where he went, uh, Berkmar High School. So I said, listen, I built I had 350 youth lacrosse teams I was running. I know I know how to do this and I know how to like brand the kids and make them feel cool and, and create something different. So we built Team Honcho, um, which then led to in basketball, which led to Team Honcho seven on seven football. And we just started, you know, building a, a friendship, right? And once the friendship's there, then the business comes. So months later, we said, let's, you know, Kobe um, just launched the uh, Mamba Sports Foundation at the time. This was July 2019. And we said, let's let's run, let's create a celebrity charity basketball game at Mamba, benefiting the Mamba Sports Foundation. So we brought Quavo and 2 Chains in as the captains, and they selected their teams. And one team had Snoop. The other team had Floyd Mayweather, you know, Odell Beckham, uh, the Cardat, you know, Kylie Jenner, the, all these people just started coming, <laughs> coming to this thing. And we just filled these rosters, even Jake and Logan Paul, like the, uh, the, the, you know, I don't have to get into the, the personalities, the, uh, YouTubers, which they become entrepreneurs, but like we just blended, you know, mainstream sports, entertainment and, um, influence in on one court and this event really blew up and it got picked up by every every media outlet was there um we raised money for the foundation and everybody left with legends on their shirt 
people got hoodies. It was kind of, it was going to be like a private underground thing, but 3000 people ended up, um, at, in the building and there's the list goes on of who was there. And we just said, all right, I think we're, I think we're onto something. And, you know, we, we doubled down on our next, uh, PO with our factory. And we said, let's, let's go big going in. This is July. We're like, let's get ready for holiday. And that's when things took off. Um, so we, that put us to us in a, in a spot where we ended up, I think it was October of that year. A few months later, we went with the Lakers and the Nets over to China for the China games. And we pre- produced all the, the merch and the uh, kind of gifts for the players over there. And again, those guys left, came back to the States wearing the stuff. So some of the biggest athletes, again, they saw where the brand was born. They saw the authenticity and they're like, I'd rather wear, I'm getting paid by some of the bigger brands, but I want to wear something that's really like athlete owned. Um, So that's where we are. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you've read the literal hundreds of stories we've written on Modern Retail about the rise of DTC, you already know that Shopify's taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is the command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. Connect with customers in-line and online. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. And Shopify has hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash modernretail, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash modernretail to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash modernretail. So I wanted to ask you before I want to get into all those DDC questions, but when you have so many celebrities, influencers, personalities on the cap table, how much I feel like it's a very big trend right now that there are a lot of influencers and celebrities who are trying to get involved in businesses. Right. Uh, some are co-founders, some are investors. How involved are they with the business and how like how are you able to manage it such that it's still your vision, but you still have these people repping it? Like what what is the interplay with them? Yeah, I mean, we've we've created a platform throughout the year. We run events with all we bring everybody together. So we just got back from Atlanta and Hunter Day and we had a bunch of our investors there. We go to uh, NBA Summer League in Vegas with the Wynn Hotel and we kind of created like a it's a network. It's a family. So it's really been family and network first and then business second. And now this is the first year we're going to start activating them and using them in instead of hiring a model to do a photo shoot. It's going to be in, one of our investors in a photo shoot and they want to contribute. There's there's like a percentage of sales that will go back to their charities as part of their campaigns. Um, and some guys will say, hey, no, I wanted to I want to take that money and invest it in something else. But a lot of them are really part of that give back feel. And I spend day, you know, every day I'm talking to a different one of our athletes. They're, they're pitching me an idea or a new fabric or a new event or, you know, Hey, what do you think about getting into this business and investing in this with me? And I just we look at it and we've we've it's been it's been straight family first and now 
you know, we hope we know that there's an end game and we're going to build towards that. But it's a lot of the guys invested. They're making millions of dollars and they put enough money into, you know, this is like a fun thing for them. And we've, you know, it's taken a, a little bit of that pressure off, but there's always going to be what is the return, you know, on yeah. that investment. And that's what I work towards every day. To make sure I understand. So you said you're going to be using the athletes this year for those first, you know, two years when you, when you were fully in business, was it mostly just activation by activation? Yeah, or you it was were- brand moments. It was okay. really like, let's focus on building the brand. Like if everybody's leaving with legends on, we're winning. Like we're building the communities. We built, built the grassroots. Um, you know, that's what's allowed us to do cool partnerships, you know, with, you know, the Vegas Summer League with Wynn Hotels because we have these athletes and we we kind of blend the lifestyle and entertainment together. And yeah, it's uh, it hasn't been a real uh, revenue play. It's been a brand play. Super Bowl parties, things like that. Has it has the business been growing as a result of that? Or like how, how what are yeah. you meant? What are we measuring success wise? Yeah, it's been authentic and organic growth. We saw a, a nice spike in 2019. We we did a few million dollars and then it went in 2020, it went to $10 million and we didn't really do anything different. So it was really authentic, um, organic growth. Um, yeah. So it was really what, what can we pull out of these activations from a, a brand building perspective? And now this year is when we're going to take those guys, instead of having a highlight reel of them at an event or doing something cool or hanging with cool people, it's like, let's shoot them and, and get, um, commercial use out of the, the content, you know, and advertising use out of the content. Why did you wait so long to use them for the content? Was it just so that you could s- establish the brand? Yeah, I wanted to establish the brand. I wanted to build the re- the right lo- relationships with guys. I wanted to have the right internal team to that knew what they're doing from a scaling perspective. Um, you don't, you know, you could lose a lot of money on, on paid advertising and, and you got to have the right team in place to execute that. So, we spent a couple of years just building out the team, building out the products and building out the brand. Now the team is in place and it's going to be, this will be our, our biggest growth year. You said your second year was over 10 million. Did you grow this the second year as well? We, yeah, we, we grew, we definitely hit, you know, we, we grew, you know, I think we did like uh, 16 million, you know, something like that. So it wasn't like, it was, it was solid, but you're, you know, we were looking at some of these other brands that don't have a true, identity and brand it's very basic and they're like they're going from 20 million to 50 million to 50 million to 60 million you know 70 million and we're like well why aren't we doing that it's because we didn't we didn't really have that wasn't our goal but you know we're at a point where we've we've built the brand and you know we are in a business it's not like all fun and games so these guys are ready to kind of accelerate you know things and scale it out and everybody wants to roll up their sleeves and get us there um, as a team. So you, you have been DTC only, only through your website up until now, right? Well, that, yeah. So we, we've been, I would say 90% D to C we've had these opportunities um, to do um, activations with the nets in the Barclays center. We had a pop up mm. there. That was our first kind of offsite offline activation. Um, we have, you know, we're selling in the wind hotels, we're selling in SoFi, uh, we're selling to, I think we have about 12 NBA teams and, and NFL teams. So we're their brand of choice. You have to wear Nike on on court. That's the sponsor of the league, whether it's NFL and NBA. And I, th- I've, I think MLB is Fanatics. But, 
you know, these teams will buy for from us for their travel gear, lifestyle gear. And then there's a few of them that will be buying that are buying currently for their retail shops in arena. Got it. Are you, is your hope to be, what are you hoping in terms of expansion? Is this the right play? Are you going to be focusing on DTC? Like you have yeah. champion in your blood, which is wholesale. So I imagine it is. that's something. We, yeah, there is, there is some wholesale low hanging fruit in wholesale. You're absolutely right. Um, and I think there's there's definitely, you know, D2C is where you can kind of control the most. You control the data, the margins, et cetera. Um, but there's definitely going to be some plays. I mean, we would like to be, if we are going into retail in, in every arena in the U.S., like, let's make it the coolest collabs. We don't want to be the mass produced. It's more like these brand moments where this is, for example, in, in L.A. with the Rams, it was like this is a cool local brand that's owned by some of our athletes um, you know, and, and it's kind of curated that way and, and not the, the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks aren't going to have the same logo on the left chest. It's going to be a different fabric, a different print, a different color, et cetera. So we want to stay yeah true to the brand that way. Makes sense. Is the product line changing now that it's focused on growth? Talk to me through about that. Yeah, that's a good, good question. Um, we've been, you know, for the first couple of years, it was, it was definitely elevated workout kind of lifestyle gear with a real heavy street inspo um, and and look and feel to it. We we're seeing that there's a lot of um, you know I would call them uniform buyers that like our like our black Luca short and our black Enzo tee, um, and they're not really interested in a tie dye cotton you know sweatshirt that the NBA guys are wearing. So. There is this customer that's that likes the product and the quality, so we're going to be scaling out, you know, a lot of our um, inline kind of core products to to hit that audience for scale, but also keeping our brand identity um, with our culture drops, which we call them, which is different collabs that we do with athletes, artists, uh, teams, and things like that. But we have there's a def, there's a there's a demand for our our basics, so we're we're gonna kind of. We're going to go deeper with that, but it, it you know it's not going to distract who we are as a brand. Can you talk a little bit more about those drops? It sounds like it's with those activations that you were doing earlier, but is it that every time you you have a new partnership or you have new something, you make a line of clothing and then you have a certain amount and then you, you yeah limited like yeah yeah there's there's limited drops. Um, you know our culture drops we usually don't go too deep in. We want to sell them out. Um, because it's not for everybody, but like we just did a big charity hoodie for um, the takeoff and the Rocket Foundation, which was Quavo's uh, cousin that that passed last year. So we did a, you know, it was a very street heavy inspired, um, you know, product that sold, you know, sold out pretty quickly or, you know, it, it sold out, you know, in a week. And then we, we ordered more um, to to kind of seed his family and, and friends that missed it. But we were you know, that's a piece that we we stand behind. And, you know, there's all the smoke, which is Matt Barnes, one of our investors. You know, we did. We did so the difference the last year at NBA Summer League, we had a legend suite and we had all the smoke legends pieces that just went to athletes and, and VIPs that came through our our lounge at the win. Uh, this year, we'll be dropping an official collab on our site with them. And, you know, it's it's a special dye on our on our cotton fabrics, a, a green for their all the smoke green um, colorway and with, you know, just, just different tips and trims that, 
you know, that we don't use for other product, you know, in our, in our inline products, core products. So, you know, we, we just, you know, using these guys, they're going to push it their, their way. Um, but yeah, the, the drops will continue and the culture drops are like a big part of what we do. Let's talk a little bit about marketing. You've hinted at this a little bit, but you, you have not spent a lot, if any, it sounds like on, on any digital marketing for the first two years in business or first three years in business. And you're planning on doing that now. How much are you thinking about spending? It seems like you're a master of earned media given who's backing you. So what, what, what are you planning on and how is it shifting? Yeah, um, we, we did test things out for a couple of years. We just didn't go all in on on the the spend because a couple things, you know, the the world changed a little bit with Facebook, you know, and Instagram, which you probably heard from a lot of your uh, your guests. Yeah. Um, so we didn't we kind of pulled back on that and we said, why are we just going to burn money when we could, you know, just build this team and platform to um, to use our our inf- the influence of our you know, cap table and our athletes. And now, you know, that's just going to be, you know, I guess fuel in the fire when we, when we start hitting, hitting our stride with some of these guys, the way they're marketing and, and using them, uh, you know, just throwing the, 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 the ad spend on that will just, will just help. Um, again, I have a, a new growth team. I have, um, we have new marketing guys across the board. So I, I really will, you know, they, they feel like they, they could take what we built and, and, you know, scale it out. Where am I going to see legends now? Is it, is it going to be a come a ubiquitous brand by Q4 of this year? What is your big vision in terms of this 2023 being the big push? Um, I just think we're going to diversify. Like it's not just going to be sports and Quavo. It's going to be other influential people, actors. Um, it could be like that, the cool micro influencer gym guy that, connects with our brand that is involved in the community and, and, you know, aligns with our core values. So I think more people are going to see it because we're just getting outside of just on field team kind of sport, if that makes sense. So you'll, it'll be, it'll be a digital push. We've, you know, we're just naturally, we're getting more press just with the, the people that were, you know, um, you know, collaborating with or doing, you know, more content with, you know, and they, these guys, you know, they want to, they want to tell their stories. And when you tell great stories, it gets shared, you know, it could go viral, it could get shared amongst friends. And, you know, we're, we're going to start scaling that out as well. Got it. Well, we're just about running out of time, but I, I want to just ask what your, your big, it sounds like, you know, you, your big goals are predominantly to grow the brand and make it beyond you know, the, you know, the event, not event-based, but activation-based brand that it's been thus far. What, is there anything else you're focused on for this year? Or what are you thinking about that you need to accomplish? Um, really just being real efficient on the marketing side online, you know, the digital marketing world. And yeah, yeah, I know. What, what do you, what are you hearing? You tell me, what, what are you hearing? I mean, I, I'm hearing it's tough out there and I just write, it's tough out there. Like, <laughs> yeah. but there's some guys that are doing it right. Right. And yeah. There's some guys figuring things out. And I feel like we're, we're not going to sleep well until we figure out, you know, how we're going to get there. And that's just, there's a lot of competitive guys in our building and our, and on our team that are going to um, push until we, till we win, you know, we're, we're trying to get to a hundred million and uh, that's, that's our goal. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Well, Scott, this has been a great conversation. Thanks so much for joining. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thanks for your patience. <laughs> 
And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week. Thank you.